Hello and welcome to the December 14th, 2017 meeting of the Science Fiction Club. The last one of the year and we have a pretty good turnout today. So uh, we're going to talk about what books we are interested in talking about, science fictional wise, and whatever it is, whether we read it yesterday or many years ago, whether we liked it or not. So, uh, whoever wants to jump in first, go. Uh, this is Sherry. I'm not hearing anybody. I guess I'll start. Um, as long as I'm in the room, I've gotten in and out a couple times. Um, I read a book of short stories by Connie Willis called The Best of Connie Willis, and it was pretty good. I liked most of them. I do like her as an author. I'll only mention briefly four stories. One of them was about some aliens who show up, and they all just seem like grumpy. They just stand around. They do absolutely nothing. But all of a sudden, when people start singing Christmas carols, they sit down or they stand up. And so the story is how they figure out what's going on with that. Then there's Firewatch, which has been in a number of different things. It's a time travel story about people that go back to the Blitz and try to uh, protect St. Paul's Cathedral. There's one called... Um, I something about the queen where a woman joins a group of cyclists and all the other women including her mom and everybody else is really appalled and cyclists are not what you might think they are and my favorite story is about a couple of reporters who are skeptics and work on a skeptic magazine and they debunk psychics and while they're watching a psychic performance all of a sudden the psychic turns into H.L. Mencken and I'm sure we all know who he is but just in case he's sort of was the Bill Maher of his day. And he, of course, does not believe in psychics, so the fact that his voice is coming through this psychic confuses the audience and the psychic and the skeptics. And how that proceeds is, is very entertaining. Wow, I actually got in here. I had to sign in through Firefox. <laughs> is this meeting already started, I guess? Yeah, I started it, and then uh, we got a long silence from Roger, and then uh, Sherry came in. Okay, since I'm able to get in here, <laughs> I may as well do mine. I read Earthmen and Strangers, and that's a Robert Silverberg anthology of stories about aliens. And there are nine stories in the collection. There's one about aliens invading newly colonized human planet, and the human biologist captures... Um, and answers questions of the aliens. Um, they, the aliens capture him, and he tells them partial truths and partial not truths, and they get them all confused, and he gets them all confused, and it's just kind of a crazy story. Then there's another story called Life Cycle, and that's kind of a weird life cycle for a bunch of aliens, and that's by Paul Anderson. Um, the best policy was, um, who wrote that? I wrote it down. Randall Garrett. These are all pretty much from the 1950s and 60s. The best story in the whole collection, at least to my mind, is called Dear Devil. And it's the first story in the book. It's written by Eric Frank Russell, who usually writes military stories, but this one is definitely one of the most lovely, warm, compassionate stories. It's a wonderful one to read during this holiday season. It's about human civilization that's pretty much collapsed and aliens come to Earth 
and most of them are willing to leave because everything looks desolated and it just looks awful. But this one alien who's a poet decides to stay because he saw a statue. I don't know if it was a statue of liberty or what, but Russell was an Englishman, so it might have been an English statue in England or something. I don't know. But anyway, the alien sees the statue and knows that there was a great civilization that created it. And he's just a kind of a minor poet on his world. And yet he stays and he finds children and he gets them to trust him. And gradually, by the time the aliens return for him, there is a civilization that has started, and he's kind of gone into a hibernation cycle, and um, the aliens work to revive him. And it's just a, it's a wonderful, positive, uplifting, lovely, lovely story, especially since the aliens look like the worst nightmare in the universe. <clears throat> Tentacles and weird-looking, rubbery sort of skin and just weird-looking and humans are scared of this, of what they call devil. They call him, his, his name, they call him devil. But when he goes into his hibernation cycle, they put dear devil on the door to the cave where he is. And, uh, oh, it's such a, a beautiful, compassionate story. Anyway, that's my, my champion in that whole book. Um, and, again, the book is Earthmen and Strangers, Robert Silverberg, it's on Bookshare, and I think it was put there in 2011. It's excellent, but I didn't find too many mistakes in it, mistakes in it at all, so that's my contribution for the holiday season. Well, excellent should be not too many mistakes. It didn't used to be back when Bookshare started, but now it, it is closer to that standard, than it much, much closer than it used to be. Ah, I can get in. Hello. Oh, wow. Uh, huh. Well, uh, since I uh, since I have the the talking stick, I guess I better speak. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't have much to say except uh, that I decided. You know how you go and do these things. I I don't know whether you guys have ever done this, but uh, last month I told you that I had finished. Shadow of Victory uh, by David Weber. And I told you that it was long, and I told you that it could have been cut, and I told you why and all that. Well, I made the mistake of going back to book one (laughs) of the Honor Harrington series. And so I am now toward the end of book nine. There are 12 books. All I have to say is that the earlier books are much better. They're shorter. They have much more action in them. And the last books have too much politics and and governmental rah-dee-rah, um, which doesn't really apply. But anyway, um, those are my books for the month. And... Um, The current book is book nine in the series, Ashes of Victory. So, what can I tell you? I went and did a dumb thing, and I had to go back and read all 12 books I'm doing now. Uh, Can anybody hear me? 
You're coming through loud and clear. Yes, we can hear you fine. Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, well, I read a book called Kangaroo Waypoint by, I think the author's name was Kurt, Curtis Chang. Um, it's kind of a spy adventure story that takes place in the future. It's hard to tell exactly when the United States still exists, but there are, well, colonies on Mars that have declared their independence from Earth. And the primary character is a spy working for an intelligence agency, and he has augmented vision and communications, but his most uh, important feature is that he has the capability to open a portal into a pocket universe, and he can store... Um, stuff up to the size of a small spacecraft inside this pocket universe. And all of a sudden, his boss gives him a vacation, a free trip to Mars. They have a, what essentially is the 1G um, system. So they accelerate for half the time, turn over, and then decelerate. And a murder takes place, and he gets involved in trying to solve the murder, and then he discovers it's a plot to crash the spaceship he's on into Mars without decelerating. Um, originally, I thought it was kind of a fun book, but I read the second one and didn't like that one so much. And he... Uh, they finally do manage to decelerate the ship without crashing into Mars. Turns out it was a plot, and he solves it. But I can't recommend the second book. I didn't like that one at, at all. This one was just about medium. Unlike Anne, or rather like Anne, I finally... I'm in the stage of rereading books I've already read. I've read the entire Harry Potter series. And I'm now working my way through Nine Princes in Amber and the Honor Harrington books. Well, finally got the key to work. Gosh. <laughs> okay, um, I guess I can go. I read uh, The Songs from Distant Earth by Arthur C. Clarke, which I've read before and pretty much forgot about, about it. But it's a... It's a very lovely book. It has to do with a, uh, a human colony living on a planet whose name I think is Finance or some strange thing. I didn't quite catch the name, but it's an ocean planet with relatively small continents, and most of the, what the planet is oceans. And these humans have come centuries ago and established themselves on the planet. They live sort of an idyllic astral existence with a, a decent level of technology. 
And then a starship appears from distant Earth. Um, apparently, Earth was destroyed, or the whole universe was, or the whole solar system was destroyed when the sun blew up. And uh, before that happened, they were they were able to send out different ships to explore planets where they could reestablish themselves. And these people on this planet had come first, and they had lost contact with uh, the rest of the human expeditions. And as I said, they were living a pretty much an idyllic existence until this ship came. And uh, basically a lot of the book deals with the interaction between the people from the ship and the, and the, and the people on the planet. There's some romantic romance between uh, a, a woman native of the planet and, um, and one of the crew members and, um, and in the long run, they're there to replenish their supplies. They, they upload a lot of ice from the oceans and make a new shield. And then finally they continue on their, on their way to their original or their destination planet where they hope to establish a permanent colony. Um, it's, it's a very nice book. As I say, very easy to read. And I would highly recommend it. I seem to remember that book. Um must have read it a long time ago, but it does sound familiar. Um, but maybe that's because I've I've read uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Well, I've, I'm glad to know other people are are uh, uh, rereading stuff to uh, Marshall. I <laughs> Honor Harrington must be catching. Um, she's rather good, I have to say. So. Um, I'll I'll let the key go so anybody else can talk if they want. I think the only one we haven't heard from is Evan, and Roger's not on here, so I don't know what happened to him. Well, I did write to uh, um, Alan Limley and uh, uh, Jim Ruby, and I told them we were having some difficulties, so I don't know whether either one of them came on or took a look at what was going on and fixed it. I have no idea, but... I'm glad it's fixed anyhow. I didn't know every I didn't know people were having so much trouble. All I was hearing was silence when Roger was talking and it was a long silence and then uh I didn't realize that other people were having so much trouble. I haven't had any trouble at all tonight so far. Um I did read Songs of Distant Earth. I thought it was a good book. It wasn't one of my favorite Clarks. I liked his more far out stuff like The City and the Stars and Childhood's End and 2001 and even Rendezvous with Rama, The Exploration of the Ship. I, but Songs of Distant Earth, it's a nice book. I mean, I don't mean that, but I guess it's a nice book. That's all. I mean, it's okay. Um, but I did remember it. Well, I read, I think the title is The Collected Short Stories of Arthur C. Clarke. And I think it's almost every story, every short story he's written. Um, I didn't read every story because it's like 51 hours. But I was looking for a specific story prompted because Analog, in their Science Fact article, was talking about supernovae and mentioned a story he had written called The Star. And it 
made me curious enough to try and find it, and I eventually did. It's kind of an interesting story. It's about a Jesuit priest on a starship returning from a planet that has been destroyed by a supernovae and his doubts about why would God let this happen to a, an intelligent species. Uh, I was amazed how many stories I recognized um, by him that I'd read that I didn't know were by him. Oh, I love that huge collection by Clark. When I first got it, it was on tape, and I had had to go to work every day, which just killed me because I'd come home from work and I would spend seven hours reading what I could get through in seven hours, and it took me probably more than a week to get through that whole thing because it was on tape. And now, of course, I've got it from Bard, and I haven't even read hardly any of those stories. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I, I love the star. That's a that's a great story. Even people who don't usually read science fiction like that story. So I think that's a sign that it's a classic. Yeah, I've seen that collection, and I haven't downloaded it yet. But that's a I like short stories because I can read a couple of short stories in between regular length books and eventually get through them, although I might have the 51-hour book on my stream for years. Well, the other story I liked was, I don't remember the title of it, but this guy goes out to retrieve a dead satellite from a space station, and he's in kind of a, well, almost like a hard suit, except it's a little bigger than that. And all of a sudden he hears this noise and this scrabbling sound, and then he remembers that some guy had died and he was just about to... Um, call in to see if the suit was the suit he was in was the one that the guy had died in and something pats him on the neck and if I say any more than that it will spoil it but it is hilariously funny my word <laughs> that sounds creepy whoa uh, well, I think my favorite Arthur C. Clarke of course I love stories like this was Anybody ever read A Fall of Moon Dust? I have it somewhere. Um, I think I've, I think I've I, uh, uh, put it on CD. I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. Um, but it's read by Robert Donnelly. Um, it's an old, old book. But it really is so great. It really was, really was neat. I think that's actually on Bard, and Robert Donnelly's, some of his recordings are on Bard, by the way, in case you're interested, but he read some terrific science fiction, I'll tell you, especially in the 1960s. Man, they had some good science fiction on talking book records. Oh, I hate to think that they're all gone. Oh, I don't want to think about that. We're having too much fun at this meeting. I think we read A Fall of Moon Dust as one of our stories. Uh, years ago. I'd have to look, but uh, yeah, Robert Donnelly read the Science Fiction Hall of Fame Volume 1. It was on 40 sides via 16 RPM side, 20 records, if I remember correctly, and it had a loads of classics in it. Um, it had, you know, Rose for Ecclesiastes near the end. They were in some kind of order. Uh, it started off with uh, 
that a Martian Odyssey, Stanley Weinbaum, and then worked its way through. It had Madame, what was that, uh, Ellen O'Loy, um, Lester Del Rey about the robot, and it had Microcosmic God, J, um, Theodore Sturgeon, Mimsy Where the Borough Grows. That was Lewis Paget, I think. That was about these bright children who, I forget what happened, I think they disappeared or something. But, uh, Oh, it was loaded with classics, and uh, Robert Donnelly read it. Oh, it had It's a Good Life. I remember that. I can't remember who wrote that now, but that was a uh, that was about the, the little boy who was born psychic and just sent people to the cornfield if they upset him. That was made into a Twilight Zone episode, but I can't remember who wrote it now. But that was in there too, and Robert Donnelly read them all. Yeah, that book, that story about the little boy is in it anthology on Bookshare by Isaac Asimov called Tomorrow's Children, and I was actually going to review that book next month. <laughs> I read that on Talking Book, and uh, now I've got it from Bookshare. Thank you, Bookshare. I am reading, I haven't read much science fiction lately, but I'm reading more, mostly nonfiction nowadays, but I am working my way, and I may get there eventually, through these best-of-year anthologies that Gardner Dozois puts out. I'm at the 25th one now, and I'm on the 8th story. Um, I like Gardner Dozois. I liked him when he was the editor of Asimov's. Um, his tastes and mine are somewhat similar in the sense that he still rates the sense of wonder in science fiction very highly, and he has a clear view of what is science fiction and what isn't, and he he tends to put actual science fiction into his anthologies, unless he's doing a fantasy anthology, like the one that Bard just put up not too long ago. But um, but he knows what science fiction and what isn't, and he doesn't, you know. And so I, I like most of these stories. I'm on the eighth one, as I said. Some of them are pretty far out, and Sometimes it's hard to know exactly what's going on sometimes. The ideas are just thick and fast. I enjoyed Vortandi's Ring by uh, Ian MacDonald, though. That was just fabulous. Uh, it was a really far future, and it's a war between uh, what seems to be the humans who've kind of uh, uh, diversified into all kinds of species, and they're in VR realms and stuff, and they finally find aliens who seem to be inimical to them. But they find a way to end the war. So, and I'm not going to spoil it in case people um, want to read it. And there's another one um, that uh, of late I've dreamed of Venus, James Van Pelt, and it's about these people who, this really rich woman and her assistant who she keeps altering while he's in suspended animation against his will Um, and they uh, are terraforming Venus and how Venus changes over time and how the Earth society changes over time well they don't concentrate on Earth but they concentrate on the people who are near Venus Um, and that was pretty interesting um uh, an, an ocean is a snowflake four billion miles away. John Barnes, it takes place on Mars, and it's pretty good. Um, it's about these two guys, a uh, well, man and a woman who create documentaries, but they don't get along real well. But uh, they are trekking across Mars and taking final shots before the comet 
lands that's going to start the terraforming process and um and there's an accident and it's pretty good i enjoyed that i enjoyed that also uh there were several others they're they're all pretty good overall i think so but i'm going to get through these i have like eight more to go and i don't know how many will be out by that time by, by the time i finish number 33 which is the latest one that bard has so uh, we'll find out, but I'm enjoying it quite a bit so far. Sounds like you're making a lot more sense of these anthologies than I do when I go through Dazwa. I get so many ideas and kind of wander through these stories and think, well, which one do I want to read now? And I can't think what I want. And some of them I like, and some of them, if I, if I don't get interested in the first five minutes, then I skip them, and I'm probably missing a lot of good stuff. So... I don't know. Some of what you said sounds very, very familiar. So I might have looked at that anthology at one point. I just take them in order. And I like the end-of-year summations, too, because he covers the whole field. He talks about magazine circulations and who's died, you know, which is sad, but it's something I'd like to, I'd like to know, you know. And, you know, the famous, you know, what are the most famous movies, you know, what are the newest books, that have come out science fictional wise either the, you know the most notable novels and stuff like that so even the summation is just worth reading that oh yeah when i look at the anthology i always look at that even if it's 1992 or something i still read it because there's stuff you can always learn from those and i like his movie summations and i like to see what's going on in the world of sf magazines and who's dropped out of the field and who's joined and who's kind of in there to try it out. And it's, it's, and the books are interesting because you hear about stuff you never hear of anywhere else. I mean, it's just he's really good about summarizing a year. And like I said, it doesn't matter what year it is. You can always learn something from it. Another thing is I like his introductions to the, each story because he tells you what else they've written, if they've written any novels or, you know, he won't give you the complete list if it's long, but... You know, and I found some other books that way from authors that I was interested in. Uh, that's how I found the Golden Age trilogy that's on my favorites list. I wouldn't have heard about it uh, if I hadn't read one of his anthologies. Book of Joan that just came out in Bard in the last couple of weeks. And, of course, I can't remember the author right now, but I couldn't get into it. It looked interesting because it sounded like it was going to be sort of a Joan of Arc type story but set, you know, obviously in the far, far distant future. But I read about an hour of it, and it's like, eh. That was, uh, Martin reviewed that book last month or the month before, I can't remember. I'm keeping the lists now, so I can look it up quickly enough, but um, Martin reviewed that book, and it's by, I can't remember how to pronounce her name. Um, but, yeah, he, he did review that book. It's about a dystopia, and there's an orbital... Um, thing and there's this evil guy or something who wants to I can't remember anyway that's why it sounded familiar I don't remember Martin did you like it I think he's out I don't see him in the list here unfortunately yeah, they're just not having much of interest on Bard these days I don't know there's other stuff that looks interesting on other topics and other genres Mostly nonfiction, but for for me, it's just a disappointment when I only have one or two science fiction books that I found that I can 
suggest to the list. I guess I got really spoiled when they were doing a lot of old stuff, because that's when I really had fun. That was great. I did get the second book from Bookshare of the Andromeda and Dark series. I liked the first book. It has flaws. Every book does, and I've seen better writing. I reviewed it last week, or last month, Altered Starscape, but it's way in the future, and the author does seem to have some sense of wonder to him, and the aliens, there are some real alien aliens in it. So, I, but I can't make up my mind whether to start it now or wait for Bard to get it. I assume Bard's going to... I assume Bard's going to get it, but you can't... That's not always a safe assumption. I can think of several series that Bard never finished that they started. So you can't be uh, sure that they're going to actually get it. They're not that conscientious about doing series sometimes. Um, But I do have the publisher-quality bookshare version here, and I might just break down and read it because the holidays are coming up. I have long trips coming up. So we'll see. I'm very tempted, though. Well, I'm going to say goodnight because I've got to get up early in the morning. And uh, I've got a 9.30 appointment, and then I'm going off to do something else at 1 o'clock. So it's going to be a busy day. So I will say goodnight and Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, um, and all that, and uh, we'll talk to you next month. Okay. Well, I might as well close up here and say that the next meeting will be on Thursday, January the 11th of 2018. I had to consciously make the choice to say that, otherwise I would have automatically said something different. So uh, join us then for another discussion of science fiction books. Yeah.